Hey, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Service Marketing Podcast. How you been, man? How was your week? Hopefully well. This podcast is coming to you live, recorded from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It is a beautiful Sunday. We are out here with the fam bam, supporting our youngest uh, child, adult child, Gage Jump, uh, 20 years young. He is on the pitching staff for the LSU uh, Tigers baseball team. So it's opening weekend, so we decided to come out here and support our family and, and give him a, a good cheer on as he went out. And <clears throat> he's coming off of a year and a half of downtime from Tommy John when he was uh, at UCLA. So this was a big deal. It was a big deal coming off of that long downtime, you know, emotional, physical, all that stuff. Had a great outing, came out. He was originally going to start, but they're still trying to ease him in and make sure that he's going to be good for the whole season. So um, he came out and closed out the first uh, game for the win. Did fantastic. Um, struck out two, and then one popped up. So it was a great, great weekend. Um, here We're out here for the la- last couple games just to support him, visit, you know, hang out, have some good food, good Southern hospitality, and then we'll head back to the left coast. But... Uh, just some observations here in in uh, Baton Rouge I'll get to, but first we'll recap this last week. We we still offer paintless dent repair training here at our, our studio where our body shop is, the Dent Co. Uh, dent and Scratch facility here in Laguna Hills, California, uh, or there. I'm not here right now, but um, but we had a couple of students come out for training, which I'll I'll take on occasionally, and I'm less and less is going to probably be be the mo- the, the modus operandi, the, the MO, uh, because it's just, I lose money technically when I do it. So what's the payoff for me? It's going to be the enjoyment of having people that are vested and really want to do it. And I'm not saying I had bad dudes. I actually had really nice guys from a personality and connection standpoint, but from a work ethic standpoint, I really want guys that are going to come out and grind and, and either meet me at my level or push even more and want it. And I've had a handful of those kind of students, and you can imagine those guys have gone off and done great things. But for people to come in and they don't want to hang out for the full time or if I offer extras and they don't take it, that's a disappointment to me. And if they're not going to grind, I don't, want to, I don't want to be in a deficit from a financial standpoint and push somebody that's not there. I mean, I'm here to help people build generational wealth and support their families and so on and so forth. And if they're not going to put down the extra hours per day, extra days per week, then, you know, not take down notes or, or all the details that I give them for equipment and everything that in marketing. It's just, eh, they're just not into it. And at that point, then guess what? The, I'm not either. So it's just like, I'm really going to vet my, my student um, applications a little more tightly and only take the ones that I really feel that are really going to be at it and really want it. Because if they don't, they're not, they're not my kind of student. They just aren't. So, so like I said, great guys. One gentleman from uh, Quito, Ecuador, uh, which is crazy that he traveled that far. He did a lot of research and he chose our school. And I appreciate him coming out. He worked. He put the work in, but didn't take the extra time, didn't take the extra days. Um, which is crazy for somebody to come all, you know, all around the world from South America. You would think that they would take every possible um, opportunity. 
I think he works for the Suzuki. I mean, we, you know, a little bit of a language barrier. I speak Spanish, but I'm not like super, super fluent. So when it came to training, I had no problems. There was no gaps. But when it came to conversational Spanish, a lot of other words, I'm not super in phrasing. So I believe he worked for the Suzuki car factory in Quito where they manufacture Suzuki cars. But other than that, not a whole lot of idea about his background. And, and it looked like he was a little more corporate just by the way that he carried himself and his mechanical aptitude. So, but it was nonetheless interesting. The other gentleman, Mike, was from Glendale, uh, which is just up in the LA area, a, a high, you know, end upscale area. A lot of opportunity for him, a lot of money up there. Um, but missed a couple days, um, left early, too many days for my liking. And like I said, nice guy, but I just, I would prefer a grinder. You know, I was there for him. He's got a young daughter, a young family. I thought, okay, this guy's going to get down, get dirty. Nah, not really. So, so like I said, things will change on that end. Uh, moving back to Baton Rouge, something that became kind of glaringly obvious when I was, when we've been out here is there is about 200. 30, 240,000 people population here in Baton Rouge. It's, it's a, probably an upscale area of, of Louisiana by my, my first impression based upon the cars and the way the people are dressed and the restaurants and the price points. But there's a lot of things that are compared to the West Coast are super cheap. It's still a lot. Real estate, food, gas, still quite a bit cheaper. You know, almost like half price what you would see in SoCal. Um, of course, the weather's not as nice, but for somebody that wanted to do work out here, for example, like in our, any kind of service business, but for sure, I can tell you down to the T for auto body related, um, there's a big opportunity. There really is. There's a lot of, um, of opportunities. There's hail, there's all kinds of things. And I think that, uh, if somebody's, this just kind of opens up my eyes. I mean, you've got this population there's definitely a lot of streets where you could get a lot of visibility and have to do minimal marketing and, and do well, you know, and not have to do, not have to grind and, and kick ass as hard as let's say we do in, in SoCal just due to the cost uh, ratios. Um, but this is definitely a, uh, one of probably many areas across the United States that are untapped for people that wanted to do, get into our niche body, body shop, cosmetic, you know, smart repairs and I'm sure there's a lot of other opportunities, whether it might be, you know, renovations or, or roofing or whatever other service businesses. I mean, th- those people are here, but I just based upon the, the growth and, and what kind of community you have, I, I just goes to kind of show you that if you are willing to relocate, um, there's probably bigger, better opportunities than maybe where some people are rooted. Um, but that's obviously a commitment. You know, it's a sacrifice, isn't it? So. So just food for thought for any of you that are out there that are like, you know what, I'm in an area where I could probably be doing better. Let me give you an example for our particular industry. Where we're at currently in SoCal, there's no hail damage. And out here, within a couple hours drive, just about every season, you'll have hail damage. You can definitely get those larger margins, which for us is is like the cream of the crop. You know, that's the, the big paying jobs. Um, and then, you know, you've got more money coming in with less expenses what does that mean? That means higher margins, more more money saved, so forth and so on, and quicker to retirement if that's what you want to do. I mean, I've seen guys literally in our industry retire in two to three years, you know, really putting down and, and kicking ass. So, you know, that's most people have to work 30 to 40 years, you know, in our particular niche industry, you know, two is fast, but I mean, I'd say double that, say four to five years and you can retire if you just get your nose down and, and 
you know, cross your T's and dot your I's. I mean, that's, that's pretty fast. You know, I mean, imagine a guy starting this business in his 20s and he's retired by 25. You know, you know, and then he could just spend the rest of his life doing whatever he wants to do. I mean, he could do this part-time and travel or, you know, whatever hobbies. Maybe he wants to hunt and fish or whatever, you know, travel the world. I don't know. You know, that would be sick. So, anyway, just food for thought. Just thought I'd post that up. Just like I said, I did some research and looked at the income level. And, you know, you could buy a house for 200 grand or even less. It's just like, I mean, come on. You know, it's, it's a no-brainer. There's a lot of places like this across the good old US, US of A. You know, safe, low crime, you know, high, good income, good family. Um, it's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. So, anywho, today we're going to talk about related to, I'm going to go more out of body on, on this, this topic. For people that are running um, either an out of body shop, like a spot repair shop, or they're running a paintless dent repair operation, because we do have a lot of people that listen to this podcast and that's kind of their background, I want to dive a little bit deeper on, on add ons. For people that are looking to kind of um, bump their profits, and but they're not quite sure what they should lead with or what what kind of to expect, the pitfalls and the pros and cons. And I'm going to go through, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five options where you can kind of add and sweeten up the, the pudding, if you will, with some more margins with these other services, which can play off each other. If you offer one, you can cross-sell into your main service and vice versa. So um, just food for thought. So actually, you know what? I just thought of another one. I'm going to jot this last one down here. So we'll do six. All right. So first one's going to be wheels, alloy wheel repair. Um, pros and cons. I mean, the pros, they're, they're relatively easy to do. You don't have to go through some major training. The cost to, to add that service on is very minimal. I mean, die grinders and some, some abrasives are pretty simple. Uh, the paints, once again, you, you, can, you can get pre-mixed aerosols or you can do... Um, toners if you want to do it that way but you don't need to have a whole toner set you could literally have five or six colors and you're good to go or pre-mix the most like I said common and run those out of an aerosol can it's it's much easier than you might imagine um, so I mean all in supplies and everything you could probably spend a grand you know and an average wheel is probably 95 to 125 we're getting over $200 for some bad wheels um, Every Tesla that, that basically comes in is going to go on a, a lease return, always just because the design of the wheels, how the face is outboard facing, um, they always have damage and they're easy fix. Uh, Tesla always bangs their customers for it, but what the tes- a lot of the Tesla owners don't know is how much the Tesla will charge you, and it's only like $75. So, so if the customer knows that, they may elect not to have you do it just because of simple math. I mean, why would I pay you 75 if I'm already going to pay them 75 and go through the house? I might as well just cash out with them. Um, but some people that come to us want for maintenance or they own the car, they want it looking good, so they fix their wheels and, or other brands and that kind of thing, which will charge quite a bit more. So, so wheels, that's the pro. The cons is, is there's just not a ton of wheel business out there. Every car is going to have have usually paint issues and then followed up with some dent and, and that kind of thing. But paint being number one, believe it or not. But when it comes to wheels, I mean, it's probably on every car as far as like a, the type of cars that we come into our shop, I'd say one out of four, one out of five. So maybe a 20 to 25% capture ratio, um, which isn't horrible. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing to do. But then also when it comes to the time, uh, the speed of the repair versus, and then combined with the margin and how much the price point is, for us, believe it or not, because our price point, we're trying to keep it up above $500, wheels is below that threshold. 
so financially, from a monetary and mathematical, you know, napkin math standpoint, it doesn't make sense for us. So for any of you guys that are out there that your your price, your target price point per customer is is below two hundred, then it makes sense. Or you're around two to three hundred per customer on average, and you don't mind adding another hundred dollars. That doesn't lower your average, you know, daily or weekly. It, it comes down to the value of your time and what you're trying to kind of average, really. You know, just because the money's there doesn't mean you should take it. Because sometimes taking that will push away the other opportunity that's bigger, a bumper or something else that you could have you could have captured in that time period or with the labor, available labor with either you or one of your people. So, so that's the con. So the pro is wheels is a low entry point uh, margin opportunity. And it's a low cost opportunity, but those are the those are the the, the wins and losses with wheels. So to take that with what you will. Okay, the next one we're going to talk about is PPF or paint protection film. The pros are the price point's pretty high and the margins are pretty good. You're going to be probably in the sixty to eighty percent margin range. Um, the cons is it's not easy to do. Uh, you'll definitely want to get some education or have to self taught get self taught and spend quite a bit of time. Um, from my experience, and I've literally done it. I've actually had somebody we traded out that trained my son how to do it. It takes time to get good at. It. It's 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 much easier than painless dent repair, but it's it's probably the second hardest thing to learn. Laying down film and stretching it and getting all the air out and doing a good job, tucking edges, trimming, all that. It's not some easy walk in the park. Um, it's time intensive. You have to disassemble cars if you're going to do it right. You got to take off lights and emblems and you know markers and all kinds of stuff <clears throat> emblems i think i already said that so the opportunity is there but then it comes down to frequency i mean how many cars i'd probably say one out of 10 or one out of 20 in our area our kind of customers will consider this usually it's new cars and or high-end cars um teslas or mercedes bmw people that they know they don't want to have to replace paint or re- repair paint because once you start getting chips at that point it's too late so i always tell people right when um, they're getting, they just got their car. If I have the, the opportunity to, to preach to them, I'll tell them two things. Number one, don't go to the car wash because of the, br- the, the automated car washes with the brushes are going to ruin your clear coat. And then secondly, I say, if you care about the paint and you don't have to respray later on, or you have to do, you know, touch-ups, which look like crap, get some PPF on the car. At the very least, do the front bumper, you know, secondly, you really should do the hood. And what we normally will do just, just to kind of tell you our scheme of things We'll do a typical Tesla front bumper, hood, fenders, and maybe mirrors. And we'll be right around two grand, maybe twenty two hundred. And out of that, the cost for that's right around eight hundred bucks. So we're at about a you know sixty, sixty five, seventy percent profit margin. Um, you could probably get film in the six hundred dollar range for all that and be closer to seventy, eighty. But if you really want good film, it's going to last for ten years and it's self healing and all that. You know, you're staying away from the Chinese films and that kind of stuff. That's usually the way to go. So, and then how long does it take? Figure a day. You know, for a good fast installer, you probably could do a lot, all that in a half day, but normally it's about a day to do that. So you're making a little over a G per customer and you're figuring six hours, let's say, for an install on an average car. Some cars are harder than others. You know, some of the Lexus and Hyundai bumpers and stuff, you know, with all the intricate cuts and the ins and outs and the, the air inlets and everything, they can be pretty tricky. So, Anyway, so yes, it is an opportunity for profit. The bad thing is it's, it's, it's educationally intensive. So there you go. Um, 
ceramic, ceramic paint protection. This is number three. I like ceramic. I, I, it's super easy to learn. The cost is super low and the price is high. There is a lot of competition because the barrier to entry is pretty much nil. Anybody that does any research will learn real fast on how to apply it. Paint correction for ceramic is a lot more educationally intensive and you need to learn how to remove scratches and all kinds of paint problems. Um, so that is a precursor to ceramic uh, paint application and protection is, is definitely important if you really want to make good money. But that is also time intensive. We get all these cars that are dark colors that come to us from car washes and the clear coat looks like brushed stainless steel, right? I mean, those, those dirty brushes with all the grit and grime from all the cars and off-road trucks that come in before the guy with the nice black Bentley. And all of a sudden, that, those little fine sand particles just scratch the shit out of the clear. And people don't get it. They don't really look hard at their paint and realize that that shine is degraded because of that. And instead of going to an all-hands or non-brush style car wash, they just by the time they figure it out, it's too late. Um, so if we can get to a new customer, then the ceramic application is actually cheap because we're not doing paint correction because the, the car wash opportunity, you know, the fail opportunity hasn't happened yet, right? But if they, they got a car that's a couple months old or years old, more often than not, there's a paint correction that's got to come into play. And I tell people sometimes we had a truck a guy come in with a truck. I'm like, look, you're looking at 1500 to two grand to fix that, that clear coat before we even apply ceramic, you know? And anybody else is going to tell them the same thing because it's that's a day's worth of work easily, you know. Three stage buff, wet sanding. I mean, you really need to know how to, how to handle your paint correction skills, and get that paint back to its its near or, or original factory shine and condition. Which is like I said, so so ceramic. If you're not doing paint correction, great great opportunity to add on some profits. If you are going to need to do paint correction, you better have those skills. So. So that's probably one of the ones I put on the top of my list. Um, what else we got here? We got uh, window tinting. Window tint um, is something that a lot of new car owners will do because the factories still aren't putting a lot of tint or darker tint on the cars. And people love to do that still, regardless of whether they, they do it for UV protection, what have you. It's just an aesthetic that people like. Um, so it's real popular with newer, newer customers, newer cars. So that's a great opportunity to upsell your ceramic or your paint protection film as well. So we, we don't do tint in-house. We have a, a neighbor close by that, that doesn't do PPF and ceramic, which they really should, by the way. So we scoop up all their customers that, don't, that they don't handle for that and we'll do those applications. So that's probably one of our number one marketing uh, schemes or or. I don't know, programs, I guess you'd say, strategies to, to gain PPF and ceramic business is off of our tent uh, customer that we we will refer tent business over to them for people to come to us that have a new car with a dent or body damage and then vice versa. They'll bring us PPF and ceramic business. Um, so it's a nice symbiotic relationship. And we've done quite a bit of, of work the past several years working with this company. And if we really wanted to grow that into the business hardcore, we would we would get out and fire market to more of the, the tin companies that weren't offering their service, but a lot of them do. A lot of them at the very least will do uh, PPF if they're doing window tint because it's just a different kind of film, but it, it's also a much different skill. Um, a lot of those people still don't do paint correction or, or ceramic though, partly because it leaves a lot of particles in the air and it's not really conducive for PPF 
or a window tint. You get a lot of particles in the glass and it would be a, a shit show if you really tried to do something clean. <coughs> Excuse me. So anyway, so window tint on its own though, um, it's profitable. The film is relatively cheap. Um, you can make a pretty good secondary living off of offering window tint. Learning it's relatively simple. Um, the only problem or the challenge is the newer cars, especially the, the ones with the panoramic roofs and stuff for people that are putting film on that. You're going to be charging thousands of dollars for that. Sometimes we even have to put, have the customers of ours do. They pull out the rear window sometimes to get the tint to go in the right direction. So it's not just a walk in the park. You don't have to do this kind of jobs. You can refuse them. But just know that all window tint's not just a drop in the bucket. But but it, it is margin wise. I mean, you're probably looking at costs about fifty to seventy five, maybe a hundred bucks a car, and then you can charge anywhere from three hundred up. So depending if you're doing the labor or you got some else doing the labor, there's some money there. It's not going to be. It's kind of like wheels. You know, it's it's a medium margin business. It's a little bit more difficult, I would say, to learn than doing wheels. Uh, believe it or not. Um, but there's a large opportunity if you have connections with new car stores, what have you, you can pick up a lot of work real quick. You just basically need two, three, four decent stores that sell cars and then have them refer you over the new car tent business and take care of the referral people. And, and you could have a go of it right there and make, you know, add a good chunk of business each month. So not a bad idea. Next one on the list, bumpers, uh, bumper scuffs, bumper scratches. Um, this, from an income standpoint, the, the outlay is going to be considerable. You're probably three to four grand minimum, maybe maybe five, depending on what kind of level of, of products you want to add to the mix. Um, there is education, of course, that's involved. Um, but, you know, with an average bumper here in California, probably right around seven to $800 to repair and paint, you know, where dealers are around 12 to 1500 not dealers, I'm sorry, um, corporate body shops, 12 to 1500 I mean, there's a good opportunity there. They turn pretty quick. The profits are pretty good. Your average material cost, if you're using good products, is probably around 100 bucks. So if you're spending 100 to make seven, you know, there's there's good margins there. You can see that's a good chunk of change right there. Um, one of the downsides is health. You know, you don't want to be breathing any of those chemicals. The more you're around those chemicals, the more chance and exposure you have for health problems. That's one of the things I like about some of the other services I mentioned prior to this. I mean, they're much more on the healthy scale. So the downside is unless you're really strict with the air quality and yourself with gloves and, and, and restricting the exposure to the chemicals, you can definitely get sick. So, so I do recommend if you're going to consider bumpers to really be vigilant with the, the air purification and keeping the chemicals away from your body. Um, but, but nonetheless, there's a high demand for bumpers, high demand. I mean, if you, if you're doing any of these other services and you add bumpers, you will probably double or three, four extra income um, if, you, if your marketing's on point. So just there's you know, pros and cons. You got to watch your health. You don't want to leverage your health for the dollar. But at the same time, if you can somehow maintain, maintain your health and the cleanliness of the atmosphere and everything, you can definitely capture a lot more business. And it plays well with the other services as well, the, the upsells, cross-sells, what have you. Um, paint correction, I have this here, which really ties back in with the ceramic. Um, once again, we can get minimum of $600 to do some paint correction on most cars. We don't, notice I didn't say paint touch-up. Paint touch-up is kind of a, it's really a shit show. It doesn't, customers are almost always disappointed with the results. People come to us and they want uh, touch-up. And what they think is they want paint spot repairs done, but for touch-up prices. They think that you can touch it up, sand it smooth, make it look pretty, 
blend it in and it's going to melt in and look beautiful and it's going to be $100 or $75. And that, that opportunity for the most part doesn't exist. So it, there's a lot of education that has to happen. But if you can get people to do scratch removal from like the car washes or light key scratches and that kind of thing, we do a lot of paint correction, um, mostly from the car washes. It, the downside is it's time intensive. If you're going to do it right and get rid of everything, you could spend a day on a car, but you minimum are probably in the 600 to $1,000, depending upon how much you're going to be doing. So there's some money there, but just keep in mind, it's not going to be the quick buck like paintless stamp repair is or ceramic. You know, a ceramic application for an average car, if you're not doing paint correction, could be under an hour. You know, you can charge 600 800 1000 I see guys $2,000 for a ceramic, and they put an hour in. I mean, that's that's high margin, high you know, mat, nap, napkin math. I mean, you're really on the on the plus side of things with ceramic. So, I really, like I said, that's probably probably the number one thing I'd I would say everybody should offer um, paint correction. You know, if you're going to market that towards the the car wash damage, I think there's opportunities. It's just not going to be a quick win. So that's the downside. So let's recap. We talked about wheels. We talked about window tint, PPF, ceramic bumpers, paint correction. I would say my number one, if you haven't already figured out, is ceramic far and away. Your health exposure problems is very minimal. I, I do recommend you wear gloves. Um, my second one, depending upon how aggressive you want to be, would probably either be bumpers or paint correction after that. Um, paint correction is probably something you're going to need to do if you're going to do a lot of ceramics because sooner or later you're going to have people coming in that are just flat out going to need it. So you might call that number two and then bumpers number three if you can keep a clean atmosphere and clean environment and not expose yourself to the chemicals. After that, I'm probably, it's a tough one. I probably do tint followed up by, by wheels and then lastly PPF. PPF, the money's there, but it's the education and the, the lack of frequency of opportunities. I just, it just doesn't, to me, it does, it, the opportunities just for money and margin or just ver with the education, it's not easy. There's just too many downsides, not enough upsides for me to really get excited about it. And currently, the way we handle PPF, because of that, when I get maybe one a month, I'll, I'll farm it out. I have an installer do it for us, and we'll make maybe four or $500, which is about half of what we would normally make. And for me, that makes sense. I don't have to buy a plotter. I don't have to own the film. I don't have to deal with the hassle of installing it, all the warranty work and everything's handled by my installer, and we make half the mar of the normal margin we would make. So to me, that's... That's pretty smart. So it works out well for us. So that's something you could do as well is just maybe farm it out, find another installer. Don't even worry about learning it. And then you can still market it and then hopefully get some other business as well. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's about cross-selling and upselling and frequency. The more stuff you can get, I mean, pain correction can be something done pretty frequent, especially people don't take care of their cars. Um, once you get a ceramic on it, typically people won't be back to you unless there's some, some sort of incident happens. But it still means that you've won their trust. And if anything does happen at the Walmart parking lot where somebody puts a dent in their car or a scrape or something, they're potentially gonna choose you because you treated them right out of the gate. So, so anyway, there it is, guys. Um, hopefully that was beneficial. Um, like I said, a lot of these are opportunities where you guys could double, triple, quadruple your income depending upon how you leverage the marketing. It always comes down to marketing and that's why we have this podcast, guys. It's about, it's about making more money. 
And this may not be helpful for somebody that's running a, a plumbing business, let's say, but even then plumbers have their own things that they could upsell, cross-sell as well. Like, like my neighbor down the street who actually he's going to be helping us out. Um, I've spent probably two or three grand with him in the past few months with some water issues in my house. His Probably his main thing that he pushes is repipes. Um, huge margin and the demand is there. So they don't want to un- unclog drains. They don't want to fix you know faucets. You know, they, they want to do repipes. That's where the big money is or, or construction, that kind of stuff or, or apartment building maintenance where there's, you know, big contracts. That's where that plumbing company makes their money and they do well. These guys, I mean, people think the plumbing is maybe old school or something. I mean, these guys are making a, you know, small business of like three guys they are well over a mill a year. So, you know, don't look past these, these service businesses. They, a lot of these guys crush it. Same with electricians and roofers and so forth and so on. Service businesses are alive and and healthy and well in 2024. And I think they're just going to get better and better. So you don't have to be into, into tech to make, you know, mid seven figures. I mean, it's, it's less people want to do, it, which means there's less competition, right? So, and we can charge more for it. So it's, it's all good in the hood. So anyway, I appreciate you guys, man. Have yourself a great, great week. Live from, uh, live recorded from Baton Rouge here. Um, go Tigers. We'll be giving you guys, uh, if anybody's into sports, we'll just give a quick little snippet of what happens with this team throughout the season. They did win the College World Series last year, so I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but they're definitely going to try. Their coach, Jay Johnson, is very special, so if anybody can make it happen, it's him. But uh, nonetheless, looks like it'll probably be our son's last year before hopefully he gets into the draft. So we will be following this. I'll be traveling probably once a month this season, so for the next four months, and checking out a lot of his games until he sails off into the pro ball sunset. So... With that in mind, have a great week. We appreciate you. Make some more money, and we'll catch you on the next SAI Service Marketing Podcast. Have a great week. Bye-bye for now.